0: Hello there! I'm Alexis and I'm a travelling witchy photographer, somewhat newly in my hot divorce Eva a la Mrs. Maisel. And I'm passionate about supporting creatives, artists, intuitives, and entrepreneurs grow successful careers so they don't have to settle for a life they hate. And Starry Sky and Witchy Things is part where I make that happen. On this show, I aim to make esoteric knowledge relevant to the challenges of the modern age, especially for women who want to be more empowered in who they authentically are. So this space is like opening a bottle of rosé with your friends and jumping around from fashion to sets to the mysteries of the universe, because women can do both. We can be silly and love pretty things, and we can dive deep into intellectual rabbit holes and face our shadows like the brave warriors we are can be soft and bold and we can refuse to be pigeonholed for how we look or what we like. And if you don't identify as a woman, you're welcome to, but this is the vibe. In this episode, I'll be talking about my experience studying with Lindsay Mack in their Intuition as a Spiral course and how that experience has shaped my approach to 2024 and this season of the podcast. I will also discuss the themes underlying 2024 as a number 8 in numerology. I'm going to age myself, if you know your astrology, but I'm about to enter my 12th house perfection. The 12th house, aside from being the title of the wonderful podcast from Ucclesicism, is the house of the subconscious and the hidden. It's associated to Pisces, so the liminal, and quite literally it's like the womb for a baby ready to be born, as that's where the ascendant will fall and usher the first house, at least if you read your chart in Placidus and i will keep that support from another time don't worry about it although if you're curious you'll find it in the capricorn season which musings on substack this house is both our self-growth and our undoing the place where our subconscious thoughts beliefs and fears are born if you believe in past lives it's where you find the imprint of those So the 12th house does not just symbolise things that are hidden in our personality or life circumstances, but magic and spiritual studies also fall under the 12th house domain, as does secret solitude. I guess it may seem a bit ironic that I would dedicate a whole season of the podcast to the behind the scenes of the 12th house in real time, it would seem like a journey you might want to share in hindsight something in my intuition said that i should and so i committed myself to following it ever since it's beginning a year ago i set out this podcast to be less of a place where i'm the expert teaching you and more where we explore together that's already countercultural because podcasts are becoming platforms for people to prove they know stuff about something and i have a master's degree in history So to an extent, if you did not spend five years of your life researching the intellectual history of early modern Europe, then I do know something you don't. But I also don't know as much as I would after a PhD specifically on magic or any other topics that you might actually know more than I do. So I'm learning and growing myself. And that's kind of the point. As we are reminded by the Eight of Pentacles in the Tarot, the mastery comes through repetition. And that's true of everything we do in life and of life itself. And next year is a number eight in numerology. That's associated with authority, self-confidence, inner strength, inner wisdom, social status, ego, and at the same time has a love of, for humanity and a desire for peace. And this last part is also the tension of the nodal axis that we're on, which is the Aries Libra. Although the love for humanity in general is more of a theme of Aquarius, where Pluto is about to return. In fact, as I record this, it's a degenerative degree of Capricorn, where it'll stay until January the 21st. So 8 is the number of infinity and cycles and quite literally sharing the shape with the infinity symbol. And it's also like the Ouroboros duplicated. And if you've never heard that word, it's unlikely you also have never seen the symbol before, because it's ubiquitous in ancient cultures and in the esoteric tradition, especially in Hermeticism and Gnosticism. So the word derives from the ancient Greek and its form of two words, one for tail and one for eating, and it's the name for the symbol of a snake eating its tail. Which symbolizes eternal cycles, renewal, and uh, other interpretations are cultures as well. But they all more or less have in common this theme of change and rebirth. The British cosmology and astrophysicist Martin Rees, as used the image of the Ouroboros in his book *Just Six Numbers*, where he showed how the behavior and the origins of the universe can be explained by just six numbers, and it. The role of the Ouroboros uh, symbolizing the intimate link between the microworld and the cosmos as Stalin had made to complete the circle. So the as above so below of the Emerald Tablet still echoes in the world of science as well as in the world of magic. The idea of duality and the cyclical nature of, well, nature, is probably given for most of you listening to this podcast. However, after taking the intuition as a spiral course with Lindsay, I have become more attuned to the nature of these cycles being less linear, for lack of a better word. Now notice this in the way other people talk about the themes of past transits returning, for example, but somehow, until this year, I still had a sense of the cycle of the year that was modelled on the way that the Catholic rhetorical calendar works. and. If you haven't been raised in a liturgical church you may not see where i'm coming from but basically the church cycles through the life of jesus and therefore it is the same thing every time to an extent your mystical understanding being spiralic is an idea i had already encountered at an advent retreat i think in 2018 but it's not quite as obvious in that context as it is when working with magic and time not being linear to begin with Anyway, there is a pressure in Catholicism that is sometimes transferred to other forms of spirituality, and that is that you need to be constantly moving forward and improving. Now, a true dark night of the soul is a mark of a saint, but it is also seen as something that quantum leaps their godliness, so it's still part of the striving for heaven narrative. Well, magic being sorry, is about the unpredictability of the journey or rather the change is the only thing that you can predict and it can be upwards trajectory or a downwards trajectory and there is a lesson and a beauty in all of them in some seasons you practice and you'll it will look a certain way but in others the way that you used to practice will not be resonant Even the things you still resonate with may look different in different seasons. So this is this underlying theme of this upcoming season of the podcast, when we will be looking at the basics again through a different lens. The aim is to revise, adjust, reinforce or shift the way we approach different aspects of cosmic witchcraft and star magic. And the change that is going to come is that alongside the three episodes, I would be offering classes looking more deeply at the transition between late antiquity and the 18th century, though I have been known for a deep dive in the history of the Golden Dawn every now and then. So I can't promise that I'm never going and go there. However, I promise that will keep it mostly to before the Enlightenment, because that's when we still had the tradition of alchemy as cosmic magic, while the myths mid- 1700s see a bit of a turn away from being rooted in nature towards what we know now as ceremonial magic and working with spirits as well as the Kabbalah. And that's not to say that these things were not a part of earlier traditions, the so Kabbalah was a part of Hermeticism as early as the 15th century. That's like Giovanni Pico della Mirandola's Nanandre Thesis, which is from 1486, or Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa, three books of occult philosophy, which we will be looking at both are highly syncretic texts that involve a version of the Kabbalistic ideas. However, the concept of magic on which I already touched upon in season 2 if you don't want to wait until future episodes to find out was still heavily influenced by elemental and celestial magic, with the intellectual basis of what would develop into ceremonial magic as just one of the three legs upholding the stool. And anyway, if you're interested in the classes, I'll talk about the practicalities at the end of the episode. So do listen until then. I just don't want to lose the train of thought now or force people to see through a description when they are actually not interested in joining those. So I have been in switching spaces for a few years between now and my teens. And it's not always talked about much outside of the ceremonial spaces. But there's just so much that we take for granted is just the esoteric tradition when it's in fact what the golden dawn did within their order. One such example is quite pertinent to our topic today, as we are introducing 2024 as a number eight year. One way many witches and magicians think of the years is through the tarot, and this is where it gets interesting. We are thinking of the eight as a strength year, using the order of the tarot that came to us with the waite Waitsmith deck, as Pamela Coleman Smith inverted the order of Strength and justice in uh, from what it was in the Tarot de Marseille. Now we go over the whole situation with the tarot correspondences. Uh, I mentioned it in season one that I disagree with when looking at the tarot again later in the season. But for the not for now, then too long didn't read is that in order to match the way that the Golden Dawn had laid down the correspondences to the letters of the Hebrew alphabet uh, we would have justice corresponding to Leo and strength to Libra, so they swapped them. And I have opinions about how that to me isn't even a bad correspondence to begin with, but it's even less so if you look at the Kabbalah. If you're not familiar with Jewish mysticism, the concept in question is the Sephiroth of the tree of life which are the ten attributes through which the infinite before becoming the divine, as, as we understand it, reveals itself and continuously creates both the physical realm and the chain of higher metaphysical realms. And you might already be picking up just how much of magic is cabalistic without due credit. So the eighth sephira is hod, which means glory, or splendor, majesty where form is given by language in its widest sense. And I have a personal pet theory that I have never had time to investigate that the Apostle John was in fact a mistake in this tradition. But anyway, the Archangel in charge of the Bene Elohim, which is the circle of angels, is the Archangel Michael. And if you know anything about the Archangels, it's hard to see Michael's geography and think he can be limited to either justice or strength, as he embodies both he name is named as a warrior in the bible and consistently in christian tradition with the attributes that we know him by being established by the fourth centuries at the latest so hod is one of the emotive powers of the divine according to the website shabbat.org and they teach that hod stems from the word hodah meaning to thank admit or submit i guess you can see in the lion instruments, but it seems to be more of a justice thing however can see the argument that Weston made a couple of years ago on the Rootlock Radio podcast, that the change in position came also with a change in the iconography of the card and the reframing of the understanding of strength away from the physical strength to more of an inner authority that commands respect without force. But as we enter 2024, given how both the solar and lunar new years take place in winter, I see the relevance of the archetype of both tarot cards that have been associated to the number 8, as well as the themes underlying the 8 in the minors. So in ones, we find a card representing quick action. what is often missed from the conversation is that the action comes after a period of gestation. It's a quick change in circumstances like flowers blooming overnight, but it doesn't represent our pushing and striving up to that point. Or lack of thereof, because the flowers did not, push or strive, they were just resting. In Cups, we see the heart-wrenching theme of moving away from something that was perfectly good in a quest for an ideal, or just an inner knowing, and different decks painted differently. And even the same deck can be read in as many ways as there are readers. And for some people, the idea might turn down something good with no guarantee of something better, but just a is insane and that's okay. But some of us are on that quest, and we know the more fortitude that is needed, as well as the bans not to end up losing touch with reality. I know that the TikTok manifestation fade at present is the idea that we must be deluded for our manifestations to come through. But if you look at the people who have done it, I don't think the word delusional is accurate. Delusional comes from the Latin word for deceiving. The implication is that we are believing things that are unrealistic, and fear, believe outrageous things in face of no proof in the material realm. But it's not unrealistic. Realism has become a byword for material, but its original meaning is belief in the real existence of the external world, independent of all thought about it, which is in fact an unprovable assertion, just as much as the opposite philosophy, which is idealism. It's in its most general definition is a belief that reality is made up of only ideas. So personally I believe there's room for people to hold either understanding of metaphysics in magic, but I've always been an idealist myself, even more than one. Which is a good segue into our third eight, which is the eight of swords. She beautifully represents the tension of our minds and our thoughts and how we experience the world around us based on these thoughts. And how much we have control over and as well as how much of the power that we give away or words we use against ourselves. Lastly, after we bring the spark of creativity through our emotional powers of creation and our thoughts, we have the Eight of Pentacles, which is a card of repetition and mastery through dedication. So it's broadly speaking are uh, the energies of play in an eight year. Next Thursday, I will be back with the astrological forecast for the year. As well as the first star news from the full moon to the new moon in capricorn i hope i have given you enough to chew on as you prepare your year ahead especially in terms of what to release as we bring some cycles to a close and enter new ones as a collective as well as maybe personally but remember this is always arbitrary and a way for us to manage our time intentionally The right time to do spells and rituals is when your intuition says you need it. So, thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in the classes, I'm planning for 2024, please stick around a little longer. Otherwise, happy solstice, and until next time, keep living in wonder. And if you're hearing these, Thank you for your interest in the classes. If you are subscribed to Mitchy Musings, you have read a bit about it already in the Capricorn newsletter. But basically, in order to make it possible for me to keep providing research-based episodes, I am taking them behind a paywall. We'll be over on Substack, and at present I'm only taking pledges, so there's no more info than the prices if you go there. But it's going to be £11 a month, or 11, 11, uh, 111 A year to get access to all the paid content or a suggested 222 for the founder price. I know times are tough for a lot of people, so I will also have a referral program to give you access to the paid classes in exchange for helping me spread the word about the newsletter and the podcast. And you're welcome to accumulate the rewards and use them later on in the year when more classes will have been released. Also, I love your input over what topics you'd like me to cover. So final the plan is a deep dive into the planets and the angles, looking further than what I have already covered in the episodes in season one and then I will be covered again in a slightly expanded way this season. So feel free to hit me up. And finally, there will still be other ways to contribute monetarily to the work that I do with Starry Sky and Witchy Things and Witchy Musings. There's tip jar and affiliate links and for bookshop.org where I have a bookshelf or like recommended bitchy books I keep adding to and then other things and my tarot deck that everybody keeps buying because they see it and it's so pretty. And also if you can't prioritize investing in this project with money you can help me in other ways that are free by sharing about it with people you could love it too and leaving a rating and review on Spotify and or Apple podcast or nominating me for awards if you like. And if you leave a review and send it to me, you'll be entered in a giveaway for a *Masters of Destiny reading. And the same is true if you recommend *Witch musings on Substack. I'm very, very, very grateful for your support this past year, and I look forward to bringing in this new season to you. So same place, same time next week. Thank you for listening to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast. A huge thank you to Jenna Sword at Jenna, S-O-A-R-D on Instagram for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to be notified when a new one comes out, please subscribe on your platform of choice and if you really love it, leave a five-star rating and review, which will help me be found by more people who will enjoy it too. Also, feel free to share it on social media and with anyone you think should give it a shot. You can send your questions and comments to my email, starryskypodcast at gmail.com, or on Instagram at starryskypodcast. And you can also subscribe to my monthly newsletter at witchymusings.substack.com where I share reflections and tips about the astrological seasons. Until next time!